Hi, I'm Erica Ramirez, founder of Illy and host of What About Your Friends, a podcast dedicated to the many lives of friendship and how it's portrayed in pop culture. Every Wednesday on the Ringer Dish feed, I talk to my best friend, Stephen Othello, and your favorites from within the Ringer and beyond about friendships on TV, in movies, pop culture, and our real lives. So join me every Wednesday on the Ringer Dish feed, where we try to answer the question TLC asked back in the day, what about your friends? This episode is brought to you by Jiffy Lube. Cars can be a big investment, so it's important to take care of them. I once got a car that I started out with 25,000 miles on. I got it to over 200,000 miles because I took care of it. You know how you take care of a car? You take care of the maintenance, the oil, the brakes, all that stuff. And if you don't, you can have a car just completely fall apart. When your car needs maintenance, head to Jiffy Lube. They provide automotive excellence at speed. Get your oil changed, brakes checked, tons of other multi-care services. It's all done by expertly trained technicians who actually care about taking care of you and your car. Jiffy Lube, car more. To find coupons and start an instant online estimate, visit JiffyLube.com. This episode is brought to you by Cars.com. When you add your car to your garage on cars.com, you'll unlock access to real-time insights into how much your car is worth. Plus, view its historical and projected value to decide when to sell. So when the time is right, you can secure an instant offer from a local dealership or sell it yourself on cars.com. Start tracking your car's value with your garage on cars.com. At least I don't do crystal meth in the bathroom all night long. That's my opinion! He will never emotionally fulfill you. Because I don't want to be a part of this. Go to sleep! Go to sleep! Close your legs to married men, trash box. I'll tell you how I'm doing. Not well, bitch. Hold on, check me, boo. Welcome to Morally Corrupt here on the Rigor Reality feed. I am Chelsea Stark-Jones, joined by the one and only Zach Peter. Zach, how are we doing on this beautiful day? I'm doing amazing. Doing amazing, sweetie. I'm doing amazing, sweetie. Yeah. So, oh my God, look at those arms. Oh, guns We've out. been look working out. Boom. Very nice, Zach. Wowzers. Sorry, had to, <laughs> had to shut you out. <laughs> um, we are here to talk uh, Vander, or not Vanderpump Rules. We are going to get into some Vanderpump Rules stuff in the news of the week. But we're here to talk Southern Charm as well as Miami. Yeah, some pretty good episodes. Pretty, pretty good episodes. Uh, Southern Charm kind of was boring for the most part, but it got into it. And then Miami yeah. is all, it's its just entertaining and they're, as always, beautiful to look at. So let's jump in with the news of the week. This week we got, I think yesterday, Monday, we got the VPR trailer. Ooh. Yes, we got the Vanderpump Rules trailer. It returns January 30th on our television screens. And I got to say, the trailer was a little slow at the start for me and then it revved up at the end and it was delivering i think we're going to be disappointed in people i think we're going to see some fractured friendships yeah who I are do. you going to be disappointed in sheena shay <laughs> <sighs> i just sheena shay <laughs> i think by the end of the season her and ariana will not be best friends no oh yeah i agree and i yeah. think I think Sheena and Lala will definitely maybe not be. Well, I don't know. I mean, I love Sheena and Lala, but I know that 
they're probably going to have a rough time with the audience. I mean, it depends on what Ariana gives us. I feel like some people may get a little fatigued with her by the end of it, which is why we see Lala, you know, deliver that line of like, I've never seen anyone ever get cheated on and suddenly they become God. And I understand yeah. Lala's frustration in that. And I think it was also, she said that in defense of Sheena based off of what I heard from the finale. So it's going to be an interesting season. Yeah, I just, if Lala of all people is towing the line of like Sheena could be friends with Sandoval or defending her in that way. I like, that's big hypocrisy to me because she said anyone that's friends with Randall is like cut out of my life. So that's a good point. I think like if that's what she, if she kind of sits on the fence with that, like I'm going to be a little bit disappointed, a lot of bit disappointed in her. Well, from what I hear, producers try to get Ariana to have a conversation with Sandoval at the finale. And I think Sheena plays a role in trying to get them to like talk things out. Um, And that's when Ariana gets upset. And then she like leaves the she leaves the party and kind of like storms out. So I'm assuming that was Lala's reaction to Ariana kind of being upset with Sheena and upset with producers for trying to forge this scene between her and Tom when she wants nothing to do with Tom. And I think Lala's reacting to Ariana having a big ego. I don't need to see Ariana sit down (laughs) with Tom. Like, that's not something that I'm looking forward to or that I would have wanted out of this season. Like, I don't need them to have a conversation. Like, yeah. and And it is so unnatural for that to happen. The only reason why they're still in a group together is because of the show. If not for the show... And because he won't, I don't know what the hell is going well, on with their house, but yeah. <laughs> because he won't leave. But like, I, I don't need them to talk it, talk it out. I don't need to yeah. hear what he has to say to her or vice versa. Like, and she's not going to give us anything if they were to sit down together. It would just be so stupid. So if, if production thinks that's what we need, I think production doesn't know us as well as we would want them well, to. <laughs> but we also don't know what we're going to get from this season. So we don't know what led up to that final moment in the finale. Yeah. yeah. So were were there any other takeaways from the trailer that that anything else that stood out to you? I mean, we have the babies. Whose baby? Her baby where she t- where she tells him my lawyer will be dealing oh, with yes. you something about my house and my babies, which makes me think, I don't know if you remember from last season, they were discussing fertilizing egg her eggs. Remember, she yeah. froze her eggs. She'd already frozen them, but then they were talking about fertilizing them. So I wonder if they finished that process of fertilizing the eggs and now those are kind of just like sitting on ice or just kind of like on hold because if I don't know if you've seen the new season of Paris in Love where Paris and Carter, Paris had her eggs frozen, but they ended up fertilizing the eggs and, and creating embryos from them. I'm hoping I'm using the correct terminology. But so you have the baby that's essentially there. You just need a surrogate that can carry the baby. And so... Yeah, yeah. Well, I could have sworn on Watch What Happens Live in the midst of Scandival. She told Andy that they never... Went through never, with it? Yeah, like they didn't get to that point. I'm almost positive. But like hearing her say babies, I was like, well, wait a minute. Did, did, maybe did they did a few eggs or something? Maybe like, they did have... Maybe did, they did end up creating a few embryos because then... Because my thought is even if she did freeze her eggs, he would have no legal ownership over those eggs. But if they were fertilized and they were embryos, then he technically would have custody over the embryos just as much as she would. And then how do you fight that legally? Like if he's like, I want to take one of those embryos to have a baby. Sophia Vergara, 
she actually had something like this happen to her. I believe it. I think it's her and her ex husband, not Joe Maglian, not Joe, oh, the one but before Joe, someone before Joe. Yeah, and she won custody of her of her oh. embryos. So you can win custody of them. But then, what happens if you have the if you then decide to move forward with the baby? Then doesn't the father also have? Ownership? No, I guess you have custody of the embryo, so therefore the embryo is a child. I don't know. I don't know. But also, so, I don't know why she would legally, want. Yeah, it's why it's she would wild. want to have his baby now, anyways. But maybe she has ownership of the embryos. But should she decide to move forward with the embryos to create a child, then maybe that's when he would have fifty-fifty custody, and so she at least can prevent the babies from being baked. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah, I think. I think that because I, I don't see why she would want to move forward with having a child yeah. of his and then live having him in her life for 18 years. But at least it would then also prevent him from being yeah. able to. Yeah. The baby's line did strike me too. Also, there was like some love triangle between Schwartz and some and Katie and some girl with pink or Never trust hair. a girl with pink hair. No, never yeah. trust a girl with pink hair. Um, We get some Joe action. Oh, God. Yeah. So it seems like it's going to be an interesting season. I think People are, I honestly think people are going to turn, the audience will turn on Ariana and people will be fans of Sandoval by the end of the season, which I agree. I'm always going to be Team Ariana unless she kills like a, a baby or something. I don't know, but <laughs> I got her back. Well, <laughs> all right. So let's go ahead and dive into our recaps Southern Charm, season nine, episode 12, Chasing Waterfalls. Zach, I didn't text you back last night, but you sent me a text message that read, and I'm sorry I didn't text you back, but you said, wait, question mark, eggs are not baby chickens? Question mark, question mark. (laughs) I didn't know that we were eating chicken, period. (laughs) I didn't know. I mean, I guess I never really thought about it. (laughs) I had this conversation a few months ago with my family of like, they're like, no, they're, they're just not fertilized. Like chicken, like, yeah, it's yeah, it's it's kind of confusing because <laughs> I always wondered why there was never a baby chicken inside of it, and the the yolk was just very confused. Like I was very confused by the whole thing, but I was like, okay, nature, yeah, sure, yeah. So I didn't really understand the process of it either. We we were who was it Austin that was perplexed by this? We were Austin in that moment, um, the most related I felt to Austin ever. <laughs> but very um, confused. This episode was kind of. Eh, for the most part, and then it built up to something bigger. The group was was separated, and they were doing two different activities. But amongst that was the backdrop of the Page Six article coming out saying that Taylor and Austin hooked up, and that it was all being you know played out on the show. And Olivia was very upset by this article coming out, and I think Vanita explained it kind of perfectly of like she keeps getting this band-aid ripped off of her where like finally like she thinks like she's yeah. moving forward and then something else happens and move forward and something else. And so like Olivia was making progress at least with Austin. And then this happened. It was just like reopening the wound. So Olivia is very upset. She doesn't speak to Austin or Taylor uh, prior to the group separating and going their separate ways for the day and doing different excursions. But Olivia, Rod, Shep, and Vanita, and also JT, they do the like waterfall hike or something. And then Madison, Craig, Austin, Taylor do the blue hole thing. And so yeah. they're off into their own groups. And while they're away, 
Austin and Taylor, honestly, I can't with people that don't understand that they did something wrong to hurt somebody and can't take ownership of it. I thought Craig did a really good job with like explaining to Taylor, like just because you said sorry and you think you would be over it by now, other people process things differently. And this is, it's not even like, oh, I'm sorry, let's move on. You betrayed her trust. Trust is not something that could just easily be rebuilt and like moved on from. You have to go through it. You have to let her experience this and the way in which they are just acting as if, you know, we did it, whatever, get over it is just not, I'm not feeling, I'm not feeling it from either one of them. No. And it's, they just don't understand. Like to them, they're like, what? Like like, everyone's already figured everything out. Like we've already talked about this. Like why is it such a big deal? Like they still just don't understand the ramifications of their actions or how this, I mean, I think Olivia is being a little more open with like her feelings about this, where Shep's being a little more like, I don't want to deal with it. I don't want to talk about it. Probably because it hurts and he doesn't want to acknowledge the pain. But like, I don't know. Yeah. I feel like Shep is hurt, obviously, by it. But I also think he feels not like this is pain or like he like he kind of feels like he deserves it in some way because like of how he treated Taylor or how things ended with Taylor. Like I feel like he feels like he can't get too upset with her about it. However, he has every right to be upset with Austin. And to me, like that's one of the more weirder aspects of it. Like him not really... Because that's a friend that betrayed you. Like you were in a long relationship with this girl and then your friend is saying that he quote unquote kissed her and was thinking about dating her or something like that. That is bro code and that's breaking bro code. Yeah. And I just... I just hate that they like want everybody to just kind of move on from it. I hate how Taylor this entire episode was just like, ugh, like she was like annoyed with the page six article. And I'm yeah. like, but you did it. Yes, like, you did this. This was your, this is the re- the consequence of your actions and you hiding it. Yeah, and I think that's where a lot of it is coming from is that they really thought they were going to get away. Like Scooby-Doo, <laughs> I would have gotten away with it if it weren't for... <laughs> for like they really kids, thought, yeah. Yeah, they really thought they were going to get away with this. And so I think that's even more of a reason as to why they're agitated with the page six article. And and also like page six, did they like pay for the constant exposure? Like every time they showed the article on the screen, it was a close-up of Austin, a close-up of Taylor, and a close-up of page six. It was like, <laughs> it should have been a drinking game. Like anytime someone said page six, take a swig. And yeah, page six was getting some promotion. <laughs> they really were. <laughs> Who do you wow. think leaked it? Mm. I think someone in production, because if yeah. I remember correctly, this also happened around the time of Scandival. And I think maybe they wanted to generate some type of buzz similar to what Scandival got. Yeah. So I definitely think someone on production. I don't think it was anyone in the cast, but I do think like a producer. Yeah. So each excursion looked fun. They all seem to have a good time separated in their siloed spaces. Uh, but however, we get everyone coming back, uh, getting together for dinner after they did their things. And it's awkward. But they all get there. They all get seated. Olivia takes a phone call from Leva, who talks to her about, like, did you see the article? Like, of course, Leva, she saw the article. But uh, <laughs> I've been thinking about you, yada, yada, yada. And she says, Leva tells her, like, I think the person you should lean on who c- could provide you with more information would be JT. Yeah. And so Olivia kind of takes this. 
she's fuming. Like you could tell she's upset. She sits down, she's seated. And immediately she kind of starts talking to JT. Like I just got the phone with Leva. She said, you might have some more information about this. And what JT basically was saying is that Taylor slipped up and told me that she would sleep over at Austin's house multiple times, even when you guys were talking, like when you guys were a thing, you and Austin, like she was sleeping over there and stuff. And that's why they don't think it's that big of a deal, blah, blah, blah. And so this upsets Olivia and everyone's kind of talking about it, but like on their own ends of the table. And eventually, I think it's Craig who kind of says something and to ask Olivia how she's doing or whatever. And in this moment, I was really happy that Olivia, I feel like, finally stood up for herself in this group of people. Because I think a lot of yeah. times, especially to Austin, she's kind of like, I think it's just a weird, like a weird thing that like, I feel like she thought she was being like, especially the first time when she found out that they kissed at yeah. the peasant, pheasant thing. <laughs> like she yeah. had to like sit there. The and golden pretend, nugget. Yeah, she had to pretend like everything was okay. And like now she could finally like voice like this is fucked up. I really don't appreciate this. I don't trust you. However, I could have seen this coming from you. It's her that surprises me more. And I was just really proud of her at that moment. What did you think of her kind of taking it to to the man, to Austin? I think it was time. I mean, I think she feels betrayed by him and she brings it up. She's like, you were literally just, we were just having a conversation where you were telling me that we're meant to be in each other's lives and that you still love me. And yet if you loved me, like you wouldn't be like is still concealing like key details about this. But I mean, the thing that's just so jarring to me is that like Austin and Taylor just don't think that these details are important Mm -hmm. when it's like, and I get it that in their, or at least in Austin's head, it's twisted to be like, oh, well, we're just protecting you from the truth. And it's like, no, you just need to put all the cards on the table and let it all kind of fall the way that it will because you can't keep not revealing these pieces because it's all going to come to light eventually. Do you think that everything is out there from what they've said that like they have laid out all the pieces? Do you believe that? Uh, I think that there was maybe a little bit more than just a kiss and a cuddle. Like if you're spending the night, I think that there, I mean, maybe we didn't go full penetration, but like, (laughs) I think that there was some foreplay for sure. Yeah. I feel like it's, it's, too much. And once you already break the seal of the kiss and you're still staying the night, at, like there's. You're spending the night. There's already been a kiss. You're discussing whether or not you want to move foot, whether this is something you want to explore. Yeah. There's clearly sexual chemistry that I'm just, I, I beg to differ. You know, I've just, yeah. I've been in a similar situation. And as much as you try to maintain those boundaries, stuff just happens. It, it does. And so, yeah, I'm not buying it. I do think there's more that they're not saying. And then JT chimes in, which I felt mixed feelings about this. I liked JT challenging Austin. I did. But... But? It, it's not his fight, you know? I get it. But I also see that he's just like frustrated with the whole situation. Because yeah. he clearly cares for Taylor. And I think he also kind of cares for Olivia in a different way. Obviously, he like wants to marry Taylor, <laughs> which I don't know why. Taylor is not much I of a prize at this point. Yeah, But like, I also, let's give props to JT. Because JT was like, now that we saw him, like, you know, in just his trunks, like he was looking good. Like he, <laughs> I, I was like, okay, JT. I was like, okay, JT. JT be looking real good. <laughs> it surprised me, yes. <laughs> Yeah, I was very surprised at, like, how cut and toned he was. Because we're used to, like, Austin and Shep bodies, right? Where there's, like, a little bit of definition, but we got, like, the belly, and it's, like, you know, whatever. 
But I was impressed with JT. I mean, even though for somebody so buff and toned, he had zero coordination and he was just like falling all over <laughs> Yeah, he's a little like, wacky. <laughs> how are we? Yeah, what is going on here? One plus one doesn't equal two there, no. <laughs> yeah, but I mean, I get it that it wasn't his fight, but I'm glad. I just felt like there was frustration. And I also kind of sense it from Craig a little bit of like, nobody's understanding like what the real issues are. Nobody's really addressing anything or taking accountability for what they've done. And so I get that frustration. Yeah, and I also think too that with JT's point and even Rod is like no one these guys Shep and Craig don't call Austin out like they should no. about being a, a, a dirtbag you know they yeah. like let it happen and explain it away or whatever and it's like to come into a situation where you're seeing this guy like toy with these girls emotions and you're not saying anything for it or you're excusing it or whatever it is kind of like that is obnoxious so i do think yeah. to that point like because even when rod chimed in and austin's like what's it to you and he's like you're really mean to olivia like you're you're playing with her feelings like that's not cool Ugh, and poor it is. Rod. Y- yeah poor rod but yes it was, it was extremely frustrating i think olivia kind of nailed it when like he's like i'm just tired of this i'm tired of this and i love oh you're tired of this you're tired of the mess that you created. Like you created this. Like, how can you like, I don't have pity for you because you're tired of the shit storm that you created. Like, yeah, make it make sense. And the same thing with the, with Taylor, it, it's her being so emotional at the end, you know, Madison kind of, I guess her feelings Taylor's is that she feels isolated from the group and everyone's taking Olivia's side. Because of what you did. <laughs> yes. And I think it was, I think it was in her confessional when she was like, everyone's taking Olivia's side, but no one's getting to know my side. And it's like, your side what of what? What is your side? <laughs> like, we're waiting for you your, to reveal it, girl. With your best friend's ex boyfriend. Like, what, like, how, 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 how do we need to understand that any clearer? Yeah. What is your side and what are we missing? Because I'm, I'm missing what you think we're missing. So if there's more to the the story that you want to reveal, we're, we're ready to hear it. What you did was wrong. And then also on top of that, the layer of not just your best friend's ex-boyfriend, but your ex-boyfriend's good friend. Like it's it's messy. Yeah. And so it's just, you know, and, and you're still using Austin to make Shep t- jealous. Like it, it she's... She's still playing the game. She's still so, playing yes. the game. So you want us to feel sorry for you while you're still being... Shiesty. Terrible. Yeah. Yeah. I don't I can't with I can't with her. I'm surprised Madison let her off the hook so easily and was really kind of embracing her this episode. Cause I think Madison, if anything, has more vindication now with everything that she said to her at the last dinner party. Yeah, I think Madison does. I I think she's trying to be nice to her because like she said, like I've I've felt that way and been the, like iced out from the group. So I understand where she's coming from. But like still trying to give her fair enough advice on how to maneuver through this whole thing, knowing that she's in the wrong. But I feel like Madison was unfairly judged by the group because they held her to a different standard. Whereas now, in this case, like Taylor deserves to be iced out a bit until she really takes accountability and tries to rectify her actions, which she hasn't really tried to do. You know, she saw... Olivia's grief as an opportunity to kind of weasel her way back in and gloss over what she had done and now has realized, okay, now we're on the other side of that. And now Olivia, you know, doesn't really, is ready to kind of, you know, 
hold me accountable. And she doesn't like that because she just wants to gloss over it and move on from it. When it's like, you don't get to decide when we move on from this, when you're not the party that was hurt by this. Yeah. Yeah. Gosh. Yeah. Taylor is just a mess. This episode is brought to you by State Farm. You might say all kinds of stuff when things go wrong, but these are the words you really need to remember. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. They've got options to fit your unique insurance needs, meaning you can talk to your agent to choose the coverage you need, have coverage options to protect the things you value most, file a claim right on the State Farm mobile app, and even reach a real person when you need to talk to someone. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. This episode is brought to you by Rakuten. Are you ready to shop? Rakuten's Big Give Week is back. Get 15% cash back at hundreds of stores, including headliners, Ulta, Ray-Ban, and Canon. Rakuten is how in-the-know shoppers get the best savings. They shop the brands they love and earn cash back on top of deals during Big Give Week, May 6th to May 13th. The cashback rates are even bigger. I'll be shopping for Adidas and Fenty. You can save on everything you need for summer, like clothing, outdoor gear, and travel. Join today for free and get an extra 10% cashback boost. That's an extra 10% cashback on top of Big Give Week's 15% cashback. You won't see higher cashback rates than these. Go to Rakuten.com or download the Rakuten app. R-A-K-U-T-E-N. Shoppers get it. The Hargan women seemed to have it all. We were blessed. My mom was amazing. But detectives would soon discover... Inside the house, there were the bodies of two women. A story of betrayal you would struggle to believe if it wasn't true. I am just praying to God this is a sick joke. From 48 Hours, this is Blood is Thicker, the Hargan family killings. Listen to Blood is Thicker, the Hargan family killings, wherever you get your podcasts. The episode kind of ends on a weird twist of Craig and Shep getting into it, where it feels a little like a fourth wall break in which Shep is like, well, at the beginning of dinner, Shep cheers. He makes a toast to everybody and says, like, I wish Paige could be here for us to meet her and blah, 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 which Craig kind of looked annoyed by that. Did you think so? He looked annoyed by Shep bringing up Paige. Yeah, because I think to me, it felt like it was like subtle shade of being like, I know that this trip was supposed to be for all of us to meet Paige, but Paige wasn't able to come. And more of like, see, Paige is the one that's not making an effort with your friends. I felt like there was a subtle undertone in that toast. Yeah. And it, it felt like, you know, towards the end, I guess Shep was trying to hurry everyone out. And Craig was like, dude, like, let's chill or whatever. And it turned nasty where Shep started calling Craig out for his relationship not being under a microscope and seemingly getting away with not having these types of discussions on their show, which I do think on Summer House, we do see a lot of Craig and Paige. And we've seen it on Winter House too. But like I guess on Southern Charm and in their worlds, they don't see Paige. They don't know much about his relationship with them. But everyone else has to share so much of their relationship and, and... I guess, you know, Shep, as he says, you get away scot-free with this. I think it was an inappropriate time to discuss it, but do you think it's a fair assessment? Yes and no, because I get Craig's point. Craig was like, 
and I get what Shep was trying to do. Shep was like, I'm done talking about this. I don't want to keep rehashing my relationship with Taylor because I just want to move on from this Austin hookup. And Craig was more of like, no, but we need to talk these things out in order to move forward and find closure. And that's what we're doing. We're talking this out and allowing everybody to air their grievances because that's the only way we're going to get through it without talking behind each other's backs anymore. Like, now we have to address it head on. So I understood, like, Craig's intention was for everybody to just handle it there. And Shep was like, I don't want to handle it there. But I get that, like, this is, like, Shep is one of the key four people involved in this situation, and Craig is not. So it's easy for Craig to be like, no, let's keep talking about it, when Shep's like, no, I'm done talking about this. And so I understand why he then diverted the conversation over to Craig and Paige, because he's like, well, what about your relationship? We never dissect your relationship. Your girlfriend's not even here. Yeah. And then he throws out that, like, subtle dig, because Craig's like, well, that's because I don't cheat on my girlfriend. He's like, well... I've heard it's the other way around. Yeah. And there has been that rumor that Paige has cheated on Craig, which I don't know. I don't believe. Okay, wait. Where? So Taylor brought this rumor up. Was it in the premiere? I think, it, yeah, it was in the premiere. When she was upset with, with Craig. That was the first time I heard it when Taylor said it. You've heard this rumor, like it's been... No, I've never, I've never heard or seen this before until... Um, Olivia brought it up and even or not Olivia when until Taylor, Taylor brought yeah. it up and even when Taylor brought it up it felt like a hypothetical like to me it didn't feel like she knew something I think she meant it as like how would you feel if your girlfriend was cheating on yeah. you sort of situation yeah she didn't say it with much much conviction but it is the second time we're hearing rumors of Paige cheating on Craig which I don't think Paige has cheated on Craig I just think she's not into Craig yeah I think that's what it is which is more sad I don't know <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Um, but that's Southern Charm. And then we have Miami, uh, season six, episode six, Farmer of the Opera. I gotta say, Julia singing, I I didn't mind it. I thought it was really sweet. <sighs> I liked I thought Martina's reaction to it was really sweet. I it it made it worth the episodes of watching her practice. Sure. <laughs> <laughs> sure. It was fine. I mean, it was, you know, it was cute for Martina, but like, sure. Wasn't anything. Hold on. <laughs> I thought it was sweet. But we pick up at the fuck cancer party and Lisa arrives just as Julia is finishing her song or in the middle of her of her song. And after uh, Julia's performance, Lisa pulls aside Larson and Alexia and she explains to them what happened and why she called the police. She said she was getting ready for this party and that Lenny barged into her room and that his mother was there also, but she was in the hallway with the children and Lenny was, you know, yelling at her like, you know, she was like, get out of my room. He's like, this is my fucking room, blah, blah, blah. And that the mother was saying like, she's going to be a better mother than you ever were. So like, I never liked you, stuff like that. So in front of the children, the kids. Yeah, which is awful. And so, you know, Lisa said, I threatened to call the police. They thought I was joking, so I called the cops. And later in the episode, we see, and I remember this coming out, um, that Lenny tried to file a lawsuit or sue her or press charges against her, saying that she was aggressive with him. Um, however, the police report said nothing. They didn't see any kind of disturbance that warranted either one of them being arrested. But yeah, like being in that house, like, you know, the the women are telling her she needs to get out. I think at this point, it's a pride thing for Lisa to stay in that house than it is like her not wanting to disturb her wife because 
this is more disturbing to her life than if she were to find a, yeah, a quiet Yeah, staying home. there is not healthy for herself. It's not healthy for the kids. Like, it's clearly a toxic environment for them to be around each other. And yeah. I would think for the sake of the kids, it's best that they're not around each other. That way, this hostility is not in front of the children. Exactly. Because clearly the mother's not doing anything to help. No, not at all. And, you know, it, it's it it's really sad and it's gross and it's... To Nicole's point, like, why can't you just like, why can't you just leave her alone? Like, why does yeah. like, why does there have to be such nastiness within so the mother of your children? Give her a nice life. You guys don't have to talk to one another. It, it, I don't get why it has to be so na- nasty. I don't get why he's fighting her so hard. Like, I think if he, like, I get it. Maybe at the at the beginning you want to play a little hardball, you know, because otherwise she'll really try to, you know, take you to court for everything you've got. Mm-hmm. But like at some point, when do you like fold and buckle and be like, okay, here's my counter offer. I'm not going to give you everything, but let me make you a fair enough deal. So where we can just put this to rest and move on. I think they both have so much pride. And it's just like, yeah, they don't realize like, not only is this not healthy for themselves, because they're then dealing with all this stress, but it's really unhealthy for the kids. It's extremely unhealthy for the kids. And so they're aside talking about it. And then all the women, all the other women come along. And of course, Nicole asks Gertie, like, how are you doing? You seem annoyed. And Gertie talks about how like she is annoyed. And Larsa is really just a piece of work. <laughs> she is she honestly really is. a piece of work. I I don't know how else to describe this woman. She is so wrong and vile in her like defense of sharing Gertie's diagnosis with people to where it's like, okay, so what? So you did say you did want to share with like the best of intentions. Like you were specifically asked not to. And then her backtracking saying that Gertie never said that was so annoying. <laughs> and I'm glad Gertie was like, you even made a joke about like telling TMZ, like I did tell you not to say anything. But regardless of if she did tell you or not, didn't tell you, like it's not your news to share. And just saying like, I'm sorry, goes yeah. a long way. Even if, and I don't believe that it was just done with the best intentions. No. Um, but even if that was her argument, she could be like, listen, I really was not meaning to make it gossipy. I just meant you know, I wanted to share it with the best intentions, but I now understand that I've hurt you and this is a vulnerable time for you and I was wrong. And if I could take it back, I wish I could because that was your news to deliver and not mine. And I'm sorry that I hurt you. Oh, what an apology. What an apology. Was that, was that hard, Zach? Can you was tell that- I've had to give many? <laughs> was that hard to come up with on the spot. Yeah. That's all she has to say. And uh, Gertie kind of sums it up perfectly when she leaves and she's talking to Julia. It's like, Larsa just wants to win. Yeah. Like, she she has to defend. And that's with everything. When it came to the rumors she was spreading about Dr. Nicole. Like, yeah. anytime Larsa's in it, when she was fighting with Lisa, like, it's always about her having to win. Winning. And... It's so obnoxious and it's it's got like with Lisa, with Nicole, well, Nicole's rumor was awful too, but like it's progressively getting worse of her like not realizing the things that she's doing is disrupting people's lives in a bad and negative way. And it's it's not always about being right, especially when you're not right. <laughs> like, See, Kanye spotted her out for exactly who she was. Yeah. So this whole thing and, you know, Gertie later in the episode, she gets like lunch or drinks with Marisol and Kiki. And it does seem like all of the women are on Gertie's side in this. However, they're not saying it to Larsa. Like they're not calling Larsa out for it directly. Because I think they believe, like Lisa, they believe that Larsa's intentions were good. 
And so they're like, I get Lars's side of it. But also, one, I don't think Lars's intentions were as good as she's claiming that they were. I think she just, you know, has loose lips. And I just, I do think that they should be kind of trying to get Larsa to understand. But I also think they know, like, Lars is just not the type to really have any self-awareness. So whatever they say is just going to turn into a fight that's not even worth it. I guess. I just, I feel like, you know, Kiki said, like, in her confessional, if the if the reverse happened to Larsa, she would set... Every, like, oh, she would have lost her she shit. She would have lost yeah. her shit. And so it's like, I wish, and maybe we'll get it at the reunion, because I do know that this drama between Larsa and Gertie is still active today. I just wish someone would be like, like just shake her and be like, look, because <laughs> she's not going to hear it from Gertie. And maybe it's it has to be like from Alexia or Lisa. It seems like those are maybe the two people she respects the most in the group. But yeah, I, I don't know. It's, it's really, it's just gross. It's so gross. And then this was another weird thing I'm, I'm curious to get your take on. So we're seeing Alexia and Julia really bonding a lot this season and getting to know each other a little bit better and seemingly having a good time. Julia, Nicole, and Alexia go to some like sunflower farm, which I also kind of thought was weird um, because Nicole brought her son and I felt bad that he was just playing on the jungle gym by himself. <laughs> and then like they added in the sound bites of Nicole like, okay, honey, I'm going to be off to the side. I got my eye on you. <laughs> it's like, was Lisa supposed to be here so that Grayson could play with like Lisa's kids or something? <laughs> I felt like really bad for him. <laughs> I know. He was just like by himself the entire time. Yeah. Which, I mean, I get, like, sunflower picking, like, you know, does seem like a fun activity to bring your kids to because then they get to pick flowers. But, like, he didn't get to participate because he wasn't on camera. Yeah, I was just like, maybe... I like, I feel like Lisa was supposed to be there and bring her kids, too, so they could play and, like, have a mom scene or something. I don't know. But I I just thought it was funny and weird. Um, but they pick, they're picking sunflowers, and then they get together and they sit down and have, you know, this little healthy lunch. And... They uh, get a call from Lisa who invites them on a girl's trip to Palm Beach. And so they're all excited. They're talking about it and like how great it's going to be for like Lisa to get away from Lenny and like don't want to talk about him on that trip or whatever. And then Julia makes a comment about like, oh, Alexia, like maybe we could be roommates or like I would like to share a room with you or something along those lines. And Alexia responds with like, oh yeah, that would be fun, but I gotta check with Todd. And like when she said it the first time, I thought it was like cute, jokey, like playful. So I was like, okay, like fine. But then the day before they leave for the trip, Alexia and Julia go shopping, which also looked like a fun, like I like seeing them together. They seem to have a really good time. I love seeing Julia in like clothes that we haven't seen her in like a different style of, you know, and she does look great. So it was all cute and fun. And Julia brings it up again. Like, it seems like she genuinely wants to be roommates with Alexia. <laughs> I don't get why. I feel like Alexia would be terrible to share a room. Yeah, with. I know. And it's like, you like, especially when you go on a girl's trip, like, you kind of know who your person is. And it, maybe she yeah. doesn't like rooming with, with uh, Adriana. Like, maybe that's what it was. And, and Alexia is supposed to be better than know. Adriana. She was like, when they got there, Adriana was like, I want the, I like to keep the room cold and Julia doesn't like that. So maybe Julia's like, you know, me and Adriana, but also maybe Julia just wants to get to know other people. Like, I think she's been, she doesn't want to be seen as like Adriana's 
like sidekick, you know? She definitely seems to be getting a little savvier on the show. Yeah. And reali- I think she's realizing like Adriana's probably on her way out as she keeps having issues with people and she's not full time. So let me like align with Alexia and, yeah. you know, Anchor try myself to with someone build else. up my camera time. Yeah. And so, again, she brings it up when they're shopping and she says, yeah, like, so do you want to be roommates? And Alexia was kind of like, oh, she said like, oh, you know, like I got to talk to Marisol, but also need to talk to Todd. And, and again, Julia, this time was like, why do you need to talk to Todd? (laughs) It it was like, what does Todd think? She's going to be the next Kyle and Morgan Wade. Yeah. So the second time I felt like, oh no, she was serious about talking to Todd about sharing a room with Julia, which is weird. Yeah. And so Julia Definitely took offense to it. And when they get to the house in Palm Beach, she shares this with Adriana. And surprisingly, Adriana didn't have too much to say about it. Like, I was kind of surprised that Adriana didn't, like, go full force, like, (laughs) calling them homophobic or something like that. Which... I wouldn't be surprised if it comes out late. If Adriana goes... Yeah. She's such a wild card that you never know what to expect with her. Yeah, so I thought she kind of took this like a little bit more tame, but she was like, "Yeah, that's weird. What does she think you're gonna like come on to her or something? Like, does she, does Todd think you're gonna come on to her? And it's like, just because she's a lesbian, like she might even be attracted to you. So like, well, like don't flatter yourself, honey. <laughs> right? Yeah, like, and she's also married, as Julia said. Like, we're both married women. Like, what? Like, I'm not. Yeah. Like, yeah, I'm not some single girl trying to hook up with other women. Like, I I did think it was weird. And it was weird. I do think that Julia has a right to feel offended by it. I think there may have been like a subtle undertone. I don't think it's coming from Todd. I actually think it's coming from Alexia. Alexia. I think she isn't necessarily comfortable sharing a room with Julia, probably because she is a lesbian and like, she just doesn't feel like, I don't know. I mean, that happens a lot with like straight guys and gay guys. Like they're uncomfortable around gay men because they think like, oh, they're going to try to hit on me when it's like, like you said, like, don't flatter yourself. Like, I'm not into your dad bod. <laughs> yeah. that that Yeah. Maybe she's just pu- putting it off on Todd, like to take the pressure Using off Todd as, as a excuse. crutch. Yeah. yeah. That's interesting. I don't think Todd has that much control over what Alexia does. No, I don't think so either. (laughs) But yeah, so the episode kind of ends with that kind of like looming um, issue. I hope it gets addressed. I'm sure it does. I'm sure it comes up. But but yeah, what overall? How do you? I think Miami is is thriving this season. Miami's good. I'm surprised that the ratings aren't very high. I don't see that. No, yeah, the ratings are actually like pretty low. Like last time I saw, they were like in the 200s and 300s. But I also think a part of it is because they started on, they when they brought it back, they started it on Peacock. So I think most of the audience is already accustomed to watching them on Peacock. Mm-hmm. Oh, well, actually, they're, uh, this, this episode brought in 400,000 okay. viewers, which is good. That's improvement. Good. Because they started in like the 200s. I mean, it's no Beverly Hills. No Beverly Hills. I think it's solid. I think it's solid. I love watching them. I think their stories, their lives are fascinating and whatnot. But but yeah, so next week we will be back discussing Southern Charm as well as Miami again as ladies continue on in Palm Beach and the Southern Charmers continue on in Jamaica. So 
Lots of vacations going on. Lots of vacations, which means the seasons are coming to an end. They're wrapping. Well, this is just the at least the Miami one. It's the first cast trip. So they still have yeah. to go to did they go to Spain? No, Beverly Hills went to Spain. They went somewhere, Miami. I, I thought I they went to Barcelona. Okay, well, we'll see. <laughs> well, guys, thanks for joining us for this week's episode of Morley Corrupt. We will be on on Friday with Rachel, Jody, and Callie talking Beverly Hills, Potomac, Salt Lake City, and the new Ultimate Girls Trip. So make sure you watch that episode, or not watch, listen on Friday. And yeah, everyone have a great week. Bye-bye. 